the Skulls of Wrath podcast. It's like 90% heavy metal, and the rest is just edited out parts. I don't know what you are on about, I don't know what they are on about, all I know is that I am in my garret by myself, talking into a microphone, pretending people want to hear it. Of course we have skullsofwrath.com, which is a place for things. Okay, welcome to the podcast for another episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please make sure you stick around for the interview in a short little while that I have mentioned in the description or the title here. And just beware that we're not likely to start off with it in the traditional interview style of sense or formatting. We're likely to have a little bit of a twist, but uh, before you know, we'll be on the line talking with someone, so not to worry there. But if this is the first time you're joining me on the show, then, well, my name is Dale, and I used to be on radio before thinking I could pull off a podcast. But before we get on with things properly, you can find us online and comment about how good, bad, or otherwise. I have a joke about inserting memes there, but uh, let's leave that one out. Uh, comment on our pages on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, yes, we've got a Patreon. There's YouTube and Instagram floating around as well. But also there is skullsofwrath.com, our blog, our site, our whatever, uh, where you'll find our hopefully comprehensive show notes for each podcast that we do, as well as links to all the official merchandise that we have and all that stuff I've put up uh, for the official merchandise. is all really just stuff that I would want myself. So please feel free to message me if you're wanting something uh, of a different option style or whatever. You know, some sort of other type of thing. Let's see if I can sort you out there. But before we go on, I just wanted to say about the Patreon and all that sort of nonsense. We have no advertisers, we have no managed bands, we provide no services, no products, no ebooks, or anything like that to push on the show. There's no money coming in from any of that sort of nonsense. Um, not that I expect it to be, but the advice I've gotten in the past is basically to set these things up. Uh, so you, the audience, can see my cards laid on the table, that there's no hidden agenda here, that we're all about the music, or whatever other random nonsense I like to talk about. Uh, so with that all being said, let's get into the live recorded, well, the pre-recorded podcast in three, two, one. You gotta hit the button. All right, uh... Got to get started into a bit of a 2017 roundup here on Skulls of Wrath. The, um, there's a lot of people doing this at this sort of time of year. 2018 is already underway. We're already, Jesus, four days into it. And, uh, 2017 is now done and dusted. It doesn't seem to have been everyone's favourite year by my, uh, anecdotal uh, scouring of social media and all that side of things but no year since god year dot seems to be everyone's favorite year at this point and sort of uh, on the ball but um if i'm being honest uh 2015 was a fairly uh hectic year it of several significant upheavals for both myself personally and uh, on the podcast as well trying to get things sort of locked down and, uh, and, and you know, sorted all properly uh, for the podcast has been um, sort of up in the air. Uh, I mean, ultimately culminating in our name change to Skulls of Wrath at the end of it all. So there we go. But uh, in terms of a roundup, I just want to sort of wrap up what we've done in the year, just to sort of have it there as a record in one place and then uh, uh, see if we can do better in 2018, as well as look forward to... What we're going to do in 2018, just to sort of say, hey, look, we're not going away, we're still here, Jesus, alright, don't forget about that, Skulls of Wrath, please, ah. But, if you recall, cast your mind back, um, 
in January, mid mid uh, mid to late January 2017, uh, I spoke with Andreas Kisser from Sepultura. Even had a wee segment where he's uh, talk, talking about his love of the game of rugby and the All Blacks. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, talk to Sepultura, Andreas Kisser from Sepultura about their new album. Uh, this uh, interview, the YouTube clip of that, even appeared on uh, Blabbermouth as an article about the new album. So that was uh, that was a, a nice, pleasant start to the proceedings. And then we had uh, Mick Jeffrey from the Australian band Aversion's Crown, also talking about the new album. Aversion's Crown, they're an Australian band from Brisbane, as far as I'm aware. I purposely said that wrong, so just before you start commenting, I'm trying to be funny here. Uh, March or so, we had a few wee things there, and then about March or so, I can't believe that some of these things that we've done has um, all been over the course of one year. Just sort of hit and miss and trial and erroring so many things. But... um, we had Mark Hellman from uh, Suicide Silence on the line talking about the new album that they had. Now, this is where they changed direction. That album where they sort of changed their sound a wee bit. Now, this is uh, the shock of it being is that this is the. Essentially, this is the band that sort of led the way, led the charge for that sort of deathcore sound, all that sort of stuff. Um, I remember years ago speaking with Mitch, uh, the original vocalist of the band, years ago. And even he was saying, he's like, yeah, they just sort of. Again, it's one of those things where they're just making a sound that they they wanted to hear, sort of bringing together some influences from the guys in the band, putting out an album that they sort of wanted to hear. And I said, I remember you guys on MySpace. And he's like, yeah, they put out the, sort of the first uh, songs, first EP recordings, and sort of got a record label. And then all of a sudden, you notice that uh, a whole bunch of people are trying to copy their sound and all that sort of stuff. So uh, essentially, I'm not sure whether they're the first or last or whatever, but they sort of certainly uh, led the charge, as from my understanding, on that sort of sound of things, that sort of whole, you know, the way of things, and then uh, and to sort of change their sound, to sort of have a pivot on their sound uh, on a reasonably drastic kind of note. Um, well, of course, uh, you know, but the, sort of the hard thing with it is going into the interview, I sort of wanted to sort of say, hey, look, they've had that sound, let's sort of take that as a given and move forward from here. That's sort of the approach that I took to the interview, feeling that um, they're kind of defensive or they kind of sort of said what they had to say about their change in sound uh, to other people uh, more sort of uh, more esteemed media before I got to them and if I started pressing them too much about the the change in their sound and all that sort of stuff would probably uh, result in a um and just sort of mark hanging up the phone so there we go uh, moving on though April or so 2017 we had uh, Paul Bear we had Devin Holt from the band um now this was, I was either talking about the tour or a new album, and then I think I was either talking about the new album and then they announced a tour of New Zealand, or it was vice versa. Uh, so that was interesting, I can't remember that one exactly, specifically what the, what we're talking about with that one there, but that was, uh, that was some months ago now, to be fair. Uh, and then we had uh, Protest the Hero, we had talking with Tim Miller from the band that were coming to town, uh, as well as was meant to have been uh, The Faceless, where I spoke with Michael Keane, uh, talking about the about the ill-fated tour of Australia and New Zealand, and even further beyond. I think uh, around the time of the, the the tour was meant to happen, it's sort of the band kind of quasi imploded. A storm of uh, perfect storm of events sort of hit the band, and they sort of uh, really sort of hit the skids for a bit. But um, my understanding, they've put the album out now. They seem to be back on form, so hopefully they can revisit the country and uh, make up for those lost shows. But uh, who knows? I recently. Um, because this was uh, this was posted in May, so the interview probably took place in the end of April. Um, yeah, mid mid to late April, I think, is when um, the interview would have been 
uh, recorded. But uh, he, he, in, in it, he starts talking about the new album. The, as yet, as it's at the time, it was unnamed. This was in sort of mid, mid to late April. Uh, the album wasn't released until December, so he sort of had a few things to say about how he was feeling about his work on the album, and I sort of rehashed that recently. Uh, in the, the we sort of section, if you so go visit our uh, YouTube channel. Um, I may even post it on the show notes of this podcast now that I mention it, or at least link it so you can sort of see it. But uh, there we go. So sort of some people have had a few things to say about it, having listened to the album and listened to the sort of the source material and what he was talking about. And, uh, but he's certainly proud of his work, uh, to say the least, and uh, and certainly why not. Uh, then we had our first New Zealand interview. Uh, just one fix, we had Ricardo, the singer of Auckland thrash metal band Just One Fix. They released a single at the time. Then we had Dan from Dunedin Band Dust talking uh, all about them and uh, how they got started and everything else. Uh, from Dunedin, so it's local to me here in Wanaka. Um, it's sort of been sort of... Uh, yeah. So hopefully we've got some good stuff coming out of out of the band there, Dust. Uh, then we had uh, Dirk Shaw from Ed Guy talking about... And uh, Marcus Seepin from Blind Guardian. They actually sort of had sort of live, album-y, compilation-y sort of package sort of releases put out. So it's not, I think... They released some new material, both the bands, but there wasn't like a full-on new new material kind of release. But it's more like a package and, you know, best of or whatever. I don't know what it was, but... Um, Fans of Ed Guy and Blind Guardian will no doubt be happy with uh, all the uh, content they released there, all the sort of live show and photos and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, around about the same time, I spoke with, uh, or at least an interview with uh, Vogue from Decapitated. Talk, this was either just prior, I think the phone call might have been just prior to release of their album Anti Cult. Uh, certainly, it was prior to release of uh, the start of their um, ill-fated American tour where they ended up um, in a bit of strife with law enforcement over inappropriate activities that the band are alleged to have done. So that's not good at all, but it was certainly before all that sort of stuff. Um, and Vogue um, himself, that was the second... It was the first time I had a, a second uh, or a repeat interview uh, while I've been podcasting. Well, I've been away from radio. It's been a, a little while now, and here's the first time I've been back. The, the first time was in 2015, talking about uh, a tour of New Zealand that, that Decapitated were doing with Suffocation. So there we go. We had, uh, in August, uh, thereabouts, we had uh, uh, talk with the uh, mastermind behind um, long-standing German heavy metal band Rage. Spoke with PV. Uh, as well as uh, Tony, the demolition man, Doolin from uh, from well, from Venom, talking about his new uh, project, Venom Inc. Now, if you're a fan of the band Venom or Venom Inc., even uh, I'm sure you're aware that there's a bit of a complicated situation there with what's going on with uh, some of the former, current, whatever this, that, and thing members of the band and uh, making news here and there in other ways. But um, uh, since that interview, uh, let's talk about the new album that they have out that uh, Venom Inc. has out, Ave. The band has re- announced uh, tour dates in New Zealand, so that's all good for fans there, no doubt. And then we had uh, a second New Zealand interview, Doug, from Auckland's Dino rock metal band Bloodnut. These guys are the all-ginger outfit. Put out a new EP, spoke with them, I've got a t-shirt of theirs um, that I bought. They didn't sort of get it sent to me, they're not like this is uh But um, go check them out, always a good time. They recently toured up and down the country, so they probably... Um, chilling out for a wee bit because that was uh, quite an, a, uh, an excursion by the looks of things 
And we had uh, Helmet from uh, Belfagor talking about his new album. Uh, now, if there's anyone who was sort of an intimidating person to interview, sort of in the build up to it, you know, thinking about things in your own mind, this guy certainly is one of them. You see, sort of the footage of, if you remember a couple of years back, uh, hearing about uh, Russian Orthodox uh, protests or whatever, confronting um, a metal band in Russia in an airport. Yeah, it was this guy here. His helmet was literally spat on all this sort of stuff, and just sort of, even just sort of watching how he sort of handled that. There's no violence or anything like that involved, but it was just. Man, but uh, certainly sort of leading into it, if there's anyone who's intimidating uh, or sort of made you a bit nervous to sort of talk to, it was, it was this guy, but in the end it was magic. I think I could have talked to him for for ages, if not for the time constraints. Uh, certainly he sort of had a lot to say. It was a very interesting character. And um, sort of essentially, in the end of it, was uh, relatively easy to sort of talk to. For um, Then we had uh, Nicholas from French. Uh, progressive metalcore band, I think, uh, Novelists. They're up and coming bands, so go check them out, Novelists. And then we had uh, Lupus from Cadaver. Uh, German hard rock, sort of bluesy band, I guess, or hard rock, retro hard rock band. Uh, talking about a new album of theirs. And then we had uh, a full band from New Zealand, uh, band Halt. So we had Mike, Sean and Grant from the Wellington band Halt. All on the line, talking about their new EP, um, I can't remember the name of it, they went on, it was called like B-Sides, B-Sides at one point, I can't remember what it's called actually, uh, at the top of my head, but go look up Halt, um, I have a link in the show notes, uh, it's one of those EPs where you sort of start listening to it and you sort of just can't put it down, you sort of want to hit repeat all the time, uh, and that, that I think rounded up more or less where we were with Heavy Metal Wanaka, then we sort of, around that time, was sort of thinking, it took a little while to sort of come up with a new name and all that sort of stuff, took a few few months break or whatever, I don't know, uh, and then we sort of came back and we had uh, a couple of interviews already lined up with uh, Jesse, the vocalist from his master's voice. Uh, we sort of put our little spin on it, if you sort of go check that out. As well as um, Jesse from his master's voice. And uh, Dean from a death metal band out of Dunedin called Death Call. Uh, now this, I put out a new EP, a new album called uh, Eternal Darkness. It's definitely worthwhile listening to their album, so go check it out, I recommend there you go, check it out. Uh, a very good sounding uh, record. I think everyone should go check it out and um, be happy with themselves. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was uh, our 2017. Looking forward to 2018. Uh, I basically, um, I'm going to be sticking around. We've got three, at least three. So we've got this interview that we have uh, to present for you today. Uh, and two more already in the bag, done and dusted. And a few more sort of local leads and sort of any international ones that we sort of get our hands on, we'll sort out as well. So we're sort of definitely not um, not done and dusted, but we're sort of looking forward to 2018 and being bigger and better than ever before. Um, Skullsofwrath.com is the place to go check us all out, or on our social media. Facebook usually is the way to do it. So hopefully sort of you can keep an eye on us throughout the year. I'm mainly wanting to expand and sort of develop the whole long-form podcast on the sort of a metal side of things. Because I'm a big fan of the those sort of long-form podcasts that you sort of come across, mainly out of America, mainly sort of entertainers doing their thing. So they've got the personality, you know, that sort of side of things, which I lack. I'm not so unrealistic to think that I've got the personality to sustain me talking for two hours by myself. <laughs> Hardly. Um, but these things will be focused around an interview like we have with Beast and Black coming up with Anton Carbonin, the um, mastermind behind the band, guitar player. 
uh, songwriter, all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's coming up shortly. We, uh, again, we have a little wee skit where I sort of do a bit of a, a faux reaction video. Um, I sort of sit down for a reaction and I stop things after several minutes and they'll be like, all right, let's call this guy up. And, and you know, it's all kind of a bit funny or whatever, I think. But so it's coming in a very short while. But yes, yeah, so 2018, hoping to develop that more. What else are we doing? I had a few other things as well I wanted to say, but I forgot. Anyway, so we're still around, so just keep an eye on us, please, for 2018. <coughs> Don't forget to bookmark us, at the very least. Um, but no, so, okay, so as I mentioned there, the interview for today's show is with Anton Carbonin, the guitar player and mastermind behind a, a new band out called Beast in Black. They have a uh, debut Berserker, which is out now, you can go pick it up. It's kind of a, got a, that sort of power metal-y, kind of uplifting, kind of catchy, synth, keyboardy involved in their kind of sound a lot of people are really digging it and sort of like that sort of, and understand that sort of sound uh i'm a huge fan of uh battle beast who were a um who was basically anton's previous band and where he was also the mastermind behind and i think there's a bit of a, a kerfuffle that's something that happened there a year or two back or however long it was and um he's come out of that and uh done beast in black and uh and yeah so i think he's sort of really sort of powering forward with his own sound and its own sort of its own sort of musical genius, really. Um, so it's heavy metal band. It's a power metal band based out of Finland. So it's that sort of that kind of sound. If you know, easiest way I, I can think of it is if you're a fan of of Battle Beast, you're going to be a fan of Beast in Black for the most part. They sort of have their own sort of sound here and there. They sort of drift with the you know, with the guys in the band and their sort of personalities and their drive and their sort of influences. But they've got a new singer. Um, they found a new singer. They uh, got a new group of guys, I guess, uh, to accompany Anton. Um, if you go check out Blind and Frozen, they still still got that sort of ring about them about you know the Battle Beast ring about them. Beast in Black is the name of the band that we we're talking about. Anton, he's a guitar player. What else is there? Uh, Beast in Black officials, their Facebook page, Berserker. The album's out now, so you can go check it out. Uh, I don't think there's anything too much else. I think they're um, that's pretty much it. So. Uh, Without further ado, this is uh, me, Dale, from Skulls of Wrath, speaking with Anton from Beast in Black, the full interview, uh, a segment of you can check out on our funny little YouTube skit uh, on our show notes, uh, and there'll also be a standalone, so I can just sort of post as singularly as a the standalone talk uh, interview without me sort of having that all sorts of things, but um, yeah, mm, mm. This is me, my interview with uh, Anton from Beast in Black, here on Skulls of Wrath. Hey guys, this is Anton from Beast in Black, and you're listening to Skulls of Wrath. How's it going with yourself and the band uh, Beast in Black? Great, thank you. Busy times, lots of work and lots of planning for the future, so all is great. Cool. Now, with the, the album out just recently, are you um, sort of landed on your feet running? Is it a... You're still sort of uh, preparing a few things, or is it just um, dive straight into the deep end? Well, it's like you know we are planning on future tours, getting like doing some technical stuff, like logistics and stuff. Boring stuff actually takes a lot of time, you know, preparation. But the interesting stuff is the planning of the next album. Whenever there's time, um, no gigs, no tours, or not having to think of those I'm always thinking of, of the next album songs and trying to 
uh, thing of the wholeness. And you know, usually the process is quite long, takes long time. So that's why it's good to start also to think about the next album almost immediately after the first album is ready. Is that kind of thing something that's ticking away in the back of your head? You sort of, if you see something that might spark something, or is that uh, something you have to sit down and actively focus on? Well, when it comes to this creative works, uh, let's put it this way: like songwriting is the easiest part and the, gives most pleasure in this album making process. But all the other things, all the other moving parts. Are the ones which cause like uh, challenges. Uh, you have to think about those: how to arrange recordings, when to arrange, you know, how to uh, get the guys here. You know, because we are not all from Finland. You know, the singer is from Greece. Uh, the bass bassist is from Hungary. Uh, but the creative process itself, that's the least stressful one. It's just basically a pleasure. And it can happen anytime. It doesn't have to be home uh, to get the idea. You know, many of the songs, the first spark for some song can come at any place. You know, you're driving in a car or just doing shopping, everyday shopping or something like that. Then you just hear a melody in your head or come up with some kind of a line, lyric line, that you think, wow, it, it should, there's something in this. And then you get home. Uh, then, then I'm like, after that idea is in my mind, then I get home and write it on the computer when I'm yeah, cool. in my um, solitude. So if you don't mind, I just want to mind talking about the recent video that you have out for Blind and Frozen. Um, it's an interesting piece. I was just wondering if you could... <laughs> it's a bit of a funny one, but if you could clarify the, the storyline involving the male and the female characters, uh, mainly that it seems like there's a... Uh, apart from a brief interaction, they sort of seem to go their separate ways, almost as if out of sync in time, or they've sort of missed each other or something. Is that uh, sort of part of the story, or is that what's going on with that one? Yeah, well, the storyline story is like, uh, it's a song about uh, longing for lost love, you know. So, and my idea was to just, with the director, when we had the meeting, I just told him, let's make a beautiful video visually. Uh, I think uh, he and his team, did great job in it, and we all like did. In my opinion, everyone was great. Uh, so when you are making a video based on the lyrics, it's not always like uh, you know. You have to have some personal interpretations what something means when you see it and listen to the lyrics. So, but like I said, shortly put, it's. Uh, a, a story of uh, longing for lost love and and well you see the ending of the video it, it doesn't end like it doesn't have a happy ending so to speak 
Now, I understand um, with yourself as, uh, I guess, a, a, one of the main drivers of the band, uh, from what I understand, um, that you have a uh, certain influence from some of the Japanese fiction manga, I believe. Yeah. Is there, uh, I sort of have it over the time, is there plans or, or hopes in the future to kind of have uh, something like a, a music a music video release that is more uh, in line with the styles um traditionally linked to this sort of uh, this culture rather than your, your sort of classic medieval uh, castle sort of look yeah there, it can be anything you know in the future the this the kind of the context for the songs so, so the music video can be medieval thing was just what seemed to fit to this album and to these themes but you know it's a you know album can be as uh, versatile as your imagination so uh, I don't want to limit our band I don't think any of us wants to do that that we would limit ourselves only to certain um, spectrum we do what we want to do and time will tell what we will do in the future, but you know, it's not always going to be just the medieval stuff. And though the Japanese uh, manga, which is always part of uh, our songs, it is this medieval type of fantasy thing, but that, that's not the entire album. You know, there's it's one part of the album. Then there's the other part of the album which has no relation to this Japanese manga at all. So, yeah, and no, of course, um, but uh, along those that sort of Japanese manga line as well, I was thinking with the I guess one of the music releases, uh, music video releases for one of the previous songs. I, I, I think that um, was it the self-titled one. I can't remember off the top of my head now. Uh, the one where you just belts out Berserker at the start of it, and then yeah, it's that was the second single. The first lyric mm. video that we released, Beast in Black, was that. Beast in Black, yeah. yeah. So what was that one? Yeah, but the, I guess that was also um, influenced heavily by the Japanese exactly. manga. But the the lyrics, it just they seem to work so well for the in the metal context. Yeah, well, it is exactly about that manga, which is in the medieval times, and it's about the character, one of the main characters, the song. It's actually the song has a double meaning. It has like connection to my own life as well, but it's mainly about the uh, gods, the black swordsman, if you will, about him and his. It's also about his, uh, you know, his uh, thirst for vengeance and his intense hatred manifests into this kind of a beast of darkness. Which is actually, in the lyric video, if you look at the picture on the background, there's this wolf-ish looking beast on the left side, which is kind of his manifested uh, spiritual self or something like that, you know. So the song is about him and his like inner animal, so to speak. Uh, I gotta say, I was um, I'm a huge am was am a huge fan of Battle Beast, uh, in particular the first couple of albums. Cool. Um, and of course, I hear that you you I guess um, 
with that sort of how may I want to put this? A sort of bit sort of muddled question here. The uh, some of the songs here, the, the sort of styles and the techniques, are sort of um, obviously sound very similar. So it was obviously a lot of you behind um, much of that music, um, both with early Battle Beast and uh, Beast in Black. Mm. Um, so obviously, it's fair fair call to say that you were um, a strong driver of the creative direction of. of Certainly, both these bands, and certainly in the early stages of, of Battle Beast. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to blow my own horn, but it's just simply the fact that I did write all the songs and all the lyrics for the first three Battle Beast album. I mean, like every song, not 99%, but 100%, and the lyrics as well. The same thing was for Beast and Black's debut album. And I also produced the uh, Battle Beasts. Uh, second and third album, and Beast in Black's debut album. So it makes sense when people uh, get this uh, feel, hey, wow, this is something like Battle Beast. Well, obviously, because, you know, everyone has their own style. When you listen to uh, songwriters, even if you take soundtrack music, you know, let's say Hans Zimmer, you know, you can recognize his style, his trademark in his compositions. And so it's that simple, basically. You, know, you, know, you can hear the person behind it, if it really was the person who did it. So, And I just happen to enjoy a certain type of uh, elements in music, which are repeated. Uh, in a similar way, for example, chord progressions and the use of uh, the beats, like the drum beats, and like for example, one of the things what I use often is have the kick drum on all four beats you know, instead of having this instead of this ACDC beat, you know, where the kick is all only on the first and the third. Beat. You know, I usually do it like it's on every beat. It's a small thing, but it actually is very essential thing for my songwriting when there's parts where I can use that kind of a beat. And there's many of these other examples which I could talk about for hours what I use in songs. But it's all about making the right uh, mixture and making it in balance so it doesn't doesn't sound like as a cheap copy of your past works, because every album should uh, introduce something new to keep it interesting for the listeners and for the band as well. You know, we don't want to do the same thing over and over again. For the next album, we will surely have something new, but still in a way that people recognize, hey, this is like guaranteed Beast in Black stuff, but there's something fresh and new in it. Hmm. Well, that's really the trick, I guess. Um, yeah. Now, I've got to say, something I'm, I'm struck with, with with your debut is your vocalist. Um, he's quite an amazing talent. Um, before the Blind and Frozen video came out, I almost feel ashamed and, and uh, mistakenly uh, thinking that you had a female vocalist on board for a second there. Is that... Um, it's, it's quite a, where did you find him? How did you come across someone like that? And how has he not been in, uh, uh, made himself a name already? 
<laughs> good question. Uh, but yeah, I first of all have have to say you're not the first one who kind of was misled to believe that there is a female vocalist who did the recording for some parts. But yeah, it, it was Janis all the way. Our singer did all those female-ish parts. And uh, I came across him on YouTube, I think it was 2014, when I first discovered him. And I liked it, liked it very much what I heard and saw. And I got in contact with him and I stayed in touch. And, uh, he At the time he was in one band, yeah, or in two bands. Anyway, he had like been doing di different projects, but not nothing big really. Uh, and he's quite young. You know, he's the youngest member of us. I think he's now 25, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I don't know. You know, life is funny. It's good that we found him on time, so to speak. All right. Yeah, from the. Uh, a diamond in the rough of the YouTube uh, masses. It's uh, fantastic. Yeah, YouTube is a great tool, actually. You know, it's full of talented people. Uh, the, the thing is just uh, if you don't have a clear vision what you want to achieve, then talent itself, you know, it doesn't uh, help if you don't go anywhere. With it, you know, you have to have a vision and direction. It's like you gotta be the captain on a ship who knows the next direction. Otherwise, you'll be just like drifting around, around, and without any real destination. No matter how great the ship is or the captain, but if you don't have the direction, you're not gonna go anywhere. And it's highly unlikely that someone just happens to like find you and gives you like the keys to the to Lamborghini and uh, there you go the the road is yours Me, put the pedal to the metal it is not how it works out you know you always have gonna have the vision and work hard for it I think that's the only way at least the only way that can last so it doesn't like stop you know all this Sorry, I'm kind of drifting away, but I have to mention these TV programs, reality talent shows. I think they're all bullshit. It's, you know, it's finding talented people, but there's huge machinery behind it. And they do everything for them. Like whenever they pick the winner, they already have producers behind them, like who, who wrote songs for them and trying to squeeze every penny out of them while they can. And then after, they do it, then there's the new season of the program and new star, and it's horseshit. You know, I, I don't support that stuff, you know. Whenever the, whenever there's talent, those talented people should, like, be careful with how they want to build up their career. But yeah, anyway, I, this was just off topic, sorry for drifting away. Alright, uh, thank you for listening to my interview there with Anton from Beast in Black. This is Skulls of Wrath. My name is Dale. Uh, can I say that backwards? I think I did just did. I'm uh, going to go into a bit of a news segment now. Um, in a very short while, but you can go check that out, like I said, on our show notes. And uh, we will have our standalone page. So if you're a fan of the band Beast in Black, uh, we've set it up so you can just, you don't need to have to worry 
about me wading through all my sort of half an hour of yakking on about nonsense you can just we've got the audio there uh by itself essentially and um we can share it out that way if you're a fan of the band want to hear the interview by itself we're here to cater for you but uh in terms of news um over the holiday uh it's been kind of quiet-ish i guess uh either that or i haven't been able to sort of keep track of things too much but there was a band out of Wellington called Scorn of Creation that sort of hit the news a little bit with their signing to Dead Boy Records. Uh, they're out of Wellington. They sort of play, as they say, a, an aggressive style of a raw death metal reminiscent of the genre's pioneers such as Morbid Angel, Suffocation and Cannibal Corpse with, of course, a modern technical twist. And the debut album uh, is slated to be a breath of fresh air in the modern climate of extreme music so the lineup features chris gillen of uh mindfuck uh guitarist seth jackson of bullet belt x bullet belt bassist george prouse x backyard burial and the dauntless and prolific drummer sean anderson from the dauntless saving grace in depth so they're obviously a seasoned collection of uh new zealand's uh new zealand musicians in the extreme metal scene as it were um and the debut album and release show well, the debut album release and the show release is going to be on the same day, the 2nd of February, if I could. So the album's going to be released the same day as the um, the release show for it on the 2nd of February. Uh, self-titled, I believe. They have a song, Realisation, that is out now. You can go check out. Uh, if you go check out uh, Skulls of Wrath Newswire, it's on there now. It's a, it's a video there for you to listen to. Uh, the album, uh, the EP, whatever it's going to be, will feature guest vocals from... Uh, local talent Carnal, uh, by way of Dan Burrell, and uh, former Bullet Belt vocalist Jolene Tempest. Uh, so that's the 2nd of February, will be available online, all that sort of stuff. So look out for Scorn of Creation. If you're into that sort of side of things, that, that sort of sound uh, will no doubt uh, rock your boat. Local, New Zealand, uh, fantastic new uh, band coming out there. By sounds of things, uh, coming together and uh, rocking things out, shaking things up. Uh, another one here, the other, I've got two bits of news on the Newswire. Uh, the other one is Order of Chaos releases Night Terror. So the band, a Canadian band called Order of Chaos. They're kind of a heavy power metal band, I guess. They release uh, an EP, they're going to release an EP called Night Terror at the end of February, I believe. But they have uh, uh, a music video for one of their songs, one of the three tracks they have on the EP, Night Terror, the self, the, I guess the, the EP title track. So the video for that is out now, so you can check out what they sound like. Uh, and they're all fair enough and nice to... Good sort of listen to. I recommend you go check him out. But uh, the reason why I bring him up in a way I haven't mentioned it in the uh, on the news page here, but the way that the band or this news was presented to me was uh, firstly the fact that there's a female vocalist. They have a female lead singer. Uh, so it's sort of one of those things where for fans of and there's a list of about half a dozen bands there, all of different sounding um bands hard rock at times a bit more extreme there's arch enemy and there's some other ones and i think there's like a night terror uh, night wishy kind of sounding band or whatever i can't remember i think that's how bad it was uh but all these sort of bands they sort of that they listed the only commonality was there was a female lead singer uh there's no similarity in sound at all i'm talking about the uh, social justice warrior or pc bollocks i don't care about that i'm just saying Similarity in sound counts. If I'm like, hey, I'm checking out this band out, and you call it a power metal band, 
and you're saying, hey, it might sound like Arch Enemy. No, no, it doesn't work like that. Similarity of sound, where it counts, if you're going to be sort of, if you're going to pigeonhole things, pigeonhole them properly, will you? If not, just put it out there and be like, guys, check this shit out. Anyway, this has been the podcast, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, I've got a few, um, a few good shows that are hopefully in quick succession coming out very shortly, and uh, and then we have to get on with some work for 2018, getting more interviews and more stuff going on. But go check us out, skiesofwrath.com. There's Skies of Wrath on Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. Uh, all about the place. Uh, so we'll catch you later. Uh, he's hoping for a good uh, 2018 for everybody. Uh, no doubt there's already a lot of uh, international um, uh, international gigs listed for 2018. That's, of course, over the whole year, so it's sort of... We're looking at the very start of it, you know, we're at the top of the mountain looking all the way down, so it looks very impressive. Um, but that's for the full 12 months, so it's, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully there'll be more to be announced uh, and all that sort of stuff. And hopefully I can actually get it, get out to one. We sort of tend to be stuck in town here, so it's hard to get out with them. Uh, sort of the steep price of escape it seems but um anyway this has been the podcast uh first one for 2018 go check us out com is a place to go um check out all the show notes all that sort of stuff and uh we'll catch you later all right cheers bye